Well, good morning, Crosswinds family. Are the lights on out there? And maybe I would love to see. I hear the voices, but I don't see the faces. And there we go. Okay, a little bit like, oh, my, what a handsome group. What a handsome group. Great to have you all here this morning as we continue our series on Advent. And I know we think of Christmas, Merry Christmas, and it all focuses on Jesus Christ, which absolutely it does. But Advent is that wonderful time of year that kind of conjoins with Christmas in preparation, as Pastor Chris said, kind of eagerly awaiting, anticipating. And what is it that we're anticipating as we focus on these four Sundays of Advent? We're focusing on, we're awaiting the second coming of Jesus Christ, in which He is going to come and make all things right. It's going to be a wonderful time. But in the meantime, we celebrate and enjoy the benefits of His first coming. And so last week, we looked at the subject of hope. Today, peace, and then joy, and then love. And these four things are amazing gifts of God to us through Jesus Christ. No matter what our journey of life may hold, when we have hope and peace and joy and love that comes from Jesus to us, we can handle it all. We really can and today we're focusing on the aspect of peace. Now, there are very many different passages in the Scripture that speak about the birth of Jesus. You have them in Matthew. You have them in Luke. Uh, you also see just one verse in John where he talks about the word, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. But in Luke chapter 2, we see that the birth of Jesus is kind of on this wise. Now, when Jesus was born into the world, the Jewish people were not experiencing peace, and that's the subject we're going to be looking at today. They were ruled by the Roman government. There was tremendous oppression. There was tremendous, uh, what I would call, a suffocating taxation. In fact, why Joseph and Mary went to Bethlehem was that there was another tax going to be incurred upon the people, and everybody had to go back to the town of their lineage, uh, the line of David, where Joseph was from. So they had to travel from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem, probably about a 75-mile journey, and they had to go there. And so it was not a time of peace. There was a time uh, of just discouragement and despairing and wondering, when will our Messiah come and will deliver us from all of this? Well, anyway, Joseph and Mary went down all the way to Bethlehem. And you remember the story in Luke chapter 2, it talked about shepherds that were out watching their flock by night when angels came. I want us to read together Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 8. As we look at this subject here of peace with God, because we'll remember what the host of the angels said. So, here we go. And there were shepherds lying out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace. You know, one of the things that we know, all the different aspects of what Jesus brings to us, we may know him as Savior, forgiver, good shepherd. We may know him by a variety of ways. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the way. All the different things that have connected to us because of what Jesus brings to us. But in all of those things, there is one that is very, very special and is very, very significant and important to us, and that is that he is the prince of peace. Peace. We're going to look at three ways in which Jesus is the prince of peace, but I want us to look back at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, that introduces this title of he who is going to be the prince of peace. For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I tell you, I get excited when I think about the implications of what Jesus brings to us as the Prince of Peace. Because he starts out, there's three things that he provides for us as the Prince of Peace. The first one is, and this is perhaps the most significant element of how he is the Prince of Peace to us. He provides peace with God. And it is absolutely critical. Because our reality is that we're born into this world with a sin nature. And because we have a disposition to sin, it's our nature. It's, it's the way that we will travel. And because we have a disposition to sin, we sin. And because we sin, we are separated from a holy, just God. And that separation, the Scriptures speak about, that separation has created hostility, enmity, in Romans 5.10, it talks about the fact that we are enemies of God because we have gone our own way, and we don't want anything to do with His righteousness and His morality. And so there's this chasm, and there's this enmity, this hostility, this alienation. And the Bible says that the day is going to come when each of us are going to die. Don't like to think about it, but it's true. We are going to die. And after death is one thing that's coming our way, absolutely certain. You can take it to the bank. There's going to be a judgment day for every single one of us. And we're going to stand before this righteous God whose part of all of his attributes are is that he is just and therefore must punish our sin. Now imagine a courtroom drama where there is God the Father sitting on the bench in his holy robes, pure, righteous, just, plays no favorites. No matter how much he loves you, he is just and he has to render a just verdict. And he calls your name and you stand up there, Dave Pressure, David Fred Pressure, <laughs> full name. Make sure he didn't get it confused with any other David Pressures. And I stand before him. And I have the prosecuting attorney standing next to me. And he begins to have a litany of all the things that have violated the holiness and righteousness of God. 
It's the devil himself, the accuser. He looks at God the Father and he says, judgment and condemnation is what this man deserves. Do you remember as a child, he stole money from his mother and then he lied about it. And then he swore behind their backs because he thought they were bad parents. And all the little, the whole list, and I'm not going to tell you publicly what that list all involves this morning, (laughs) but I know that list real well. And as Satan starts spreading that list down and he starts going through it all, my head begins to bow in shame and fear, and I realize my goose is cooked because there's enough stuff on that list. I would like to call them indiscretions, errors in judgment, but they're sin. The sinister word sin that violates the holy, righteous judgment of God. And God will have no choice but to judge me according to that sin and leave me separated from his presence forever. However, I have a defense attorney, and it happens to be Jesus. And he says, Your Honor, if I may, all those sins are accurate. For those sins, I died. My blood has covered all those sins, and he now stands before you pure and holy and clean and forgiven and dressed in my righteousness. I love the poet who wrote these words. I hear the accuser roar of sins that I have done. I know them all in thousands more, but Jehovah findeth none. For though the angry foe accuses sins recounting like a flood, every charge my God refuses because Jesus answered with his blood. I will tell you this morning, peace with God through Jesus Christ is indispensable for the eternal life you want to have. And if you have not received Jesus Christ as your prince of peace with God to allow his shed blood to cleanse you of all your sin and make you holy and righteous before God, you need to do it before you leave this earth. Otherwise, you stand alone with the accuser before a just God. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says it so beautifully that God made Jesus. God made him who knew no sin, sin on my behalf, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. Romans 5.1 says it so well too. Therefore, being justified by faith, as we put our faith in Jesus, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the end result of that is so beautiful. Romans 8.1 says it well. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We never have to worry about it anymore. We have peace with God. I hope you had that peace this morning. That's what Jesus came to give. The second way that Jesus provides peace for us is the peace of God. Uh, In the daily course of our lives, there's a lot of things that mess with our peace. The peace of mind sometimes is really hard to get. I was having a great week. 
I was floating down a lazy river. All was well. I had no troubled conscience. As far as I know, there was nobody that had issues with me. I looked around at my life. It was well. My kids were doing well. My grandkids were doing well. Everything is going smooth. I am floating down the lazy river. All is calm and all is bright. You have days like that? Hopefully you want a lot of days like that. And I was just walking cheerfully out to the mailbox, open up the mailbox and going through the mail and I saw something. My heart started beating a little faster. My eyes popped out of my head. Blood pressure rose. My hands started getting clammy. I thought, oh, this can't be good. And I opened up the letter and sure enough, it was from the IRS. And in that letter was, you did not send in what you owed on your taxes, and we have graciously recalculated that for you, and you need to send in $3,019 more, along with accrued interest, and we must have it by the 4th of December, or we're going to, I don't know what, all the things, you're going to shut down your bank accounts, and we're going to stand at your front door until you pay us. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I don't owe this. I already sent in all the documentation and all the things that showed why I did not owe this. Well, you know how that works. I went running into the house, and I had to make it right right away because my peace was gone. I was anxious. I was worried. I was panicking. I was feeling all those things. And I got on the phone, and I got the menu lady. If you want that, number seven, and number seven. Then I got, and I, okay, so I finally get there, and I get the menu lady saying to me, hey, uh, it's going to be about a 15 to 30 minute wait to speak to one of our representatives. If you would like a call back, press one. And I thought, eh, I got better things to do with my time and wait, so I pressed one. Thank you. We will get a call back in 19 minutes from a phone exchange. It will be 304. I thought, hey, this is really good. So I waited. 19 minutes later, I got a call from 304. I picked it up expecting to talk to a live person, and I got the menu lady again. And she said, your wait time will be approximately 30 to 60 minutes. If you would like a call back, please press 1. I thought, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. I'm staying on the line. So I didn't push 1. And I got the voice that said, you must make a selection. The only selection was one, and I didn't want one. All right, well, we won't tell you the whole story, but my peace was getting, it was gone. It was gone. That's really small in comparison to what can rob us of our peace as we live day by day. We've got parents that look at children or grandchildren that are making bad decisions, and lives are moving in wrong directions, and it breaks our hearts, and we're just, ah, if only. And we have times where we have an unexpected repair, auto repair, whatever it may be, and we don't have the money to cover it, and it just continues to add financial stress, and it seems like debt continues to choke us, and we're just the financial freedom we want, we can't experience. Or within a marriage, there's stress and tension to where just one little word can spark an argument that just makes life, oh, just so hard and unbearable. And you can go on and on and on. A doctor may render an announcement 
about a tragic and hard health issue, uh, maybe the death of a loved one, whatever they may be, all these things can really erode our peace. And in the midst of all that, Jesus, he can give us the peace of God because he is the prince of peace. And when you think about this, peace is in Jesus. John 14, 27, he said to his disciples, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus had just said in the early part of this verse that he was going to be leaving them. And though he was going to come back, come back, I think all they could think of is, he's leaving, he's leaving. Jesus, who's going to be with us in the storms of life now? Who's going to quiet the seas? Who's going to calm the winds? If you're not here, who's going to take care of all these things? When you're here, we have peace. When you're gone. But Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. You see, peace is in Jesus, and Jesus is in us. His peace is available all the time under any circumstance. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, we probably know those verses well. Do not be anxious about ever anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You believe that? You see, we have the Prince of Peace that we can petition on the basis of what Jesus has done, on the basis of who Jesus is, on the basis of what Jesus has promised. His peace can reign in our hearts even when all kinds of storms may be going on. When I got off the phone with the IRS that day, we had a very good conversation, and they said, you know, those documents you said you sent in in April, we have no record of them. So you're going to need to send them all over again. So I went and got all, all it copied up and got it sent and uh, put it in the mail. And I remember thinking, oh, Lord, this, this is troubling because it, I have no idea what's going to happen on the other end. It seems like we're going round and round and round and round. But I just want to say, Lord, you're in control. And I just pray that you'll take this envelope, you'll get it to the place it needs to go, and get it to the person it needs to go to so that they can review it and we'll review it honestly with integrity and come out the other side and justice will be done and give it to you. That's the way we want to live in our lives. When the storms come, when all the things enter in that can make the journey of life so difficult, so challenging, and there's just fear and panic and anxiety and worry, Jesus said, my peace I give you. Come to me. Pray about it. Petition me. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. It's a wonderful practice that continues to improve our maturity and maturity as we walk in faith in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, peace with God, peace of God, and Jesus is also going to provide world peace. You know, we look at our world and peace seems like, man, it's just not here. 
It, it's so few and far between. We look at our world and we see the Ukraine-Russian war continuing on. And there's always that concern with nuclear weapons and, you know, just if the war goes sideways for uh, Putin, will he take drastic measures to try to turn the tables? And we look at Hamas and Israel and all that's going on there that breaks our heart as we look at the human tragedy of war. And we look at all the geopolitical tensions, North Korea, China, Russia, Iran. We look at drug wars. We look at civil wars. We look at disease. We look at famine. We look at all the unrest that is in our world. Even here within the United States, all the acrimony, all this incivility, all the things that just keep people roiled up, the cultural clashes, all that's here. And we wonder, peace? I look in my lifetime and I look at how things have changed. As a child, I could go out the front door and go scurrying around town. I lived in Minneapolis. I was all over the place. Me and my buddies, no, my buddies and I, correct grammar, sorry. My buddies and I, we were all over the place, having a great life. Doors were not locked in the houses. There was just not much going on that created any fear and anxiety. And now you have kids that don't go to the parks alone. There's so many things that have changed. Make sure we've got the locks on the doors, we've got the alarm systems, we have all kinds of things going on. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons for us to all be a little bit tight, to be on edge, that peace maybe doesn't really rule because of all the things going on in our world. But there's coming a day when Jesus is going to come. The first time He came, He came to pay for the sins of the world. The second time he's going to come and he's going to bring a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and justice. We won't, I mean, I don't even know if we can fully understand how wonderful that's going to be again, where a single attractive girl can go for a walk somewhere and not have to worry about anything happening to her. Uh, where your kids can be playing and running around and nothing has to be concerned to them. Where all will be well, doors don't need to be locked, neighbors get along, there's no acrimony, there's no incivility, there's no sin. It's going to be a wonderful day. And that day is coming when there will be world peace like this world has obviously never seen. But we can sit here and say, yeah, we hear that. Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. Much like in Peter where they said, where in the world is he? I mean, he promised that he's coming, he's coming. Hey, God does not slack according to, to, uh, you know, with his promises. He is going to accomplish and fulfill them all. Just not quite there yet. I was on the uh, phone with the IRS another time. All of the same thing. I was down in Florida. Melinda and I were having Thanksgiving with her daughter, Julie. And I made the call. And all the menu lady said to me, it'll be 30 to 60 minutes before a representative can get with you. We just encourage you to stay on the line. And so I stayed on the line, and every two minutes I heard our, all our representatives are currently busy with other customers. Please stay on the line. Every two minutes. 
I'm getting close to 15. 30 minutes. Okay, it could be any time now. 30 minutes turned to 60. 60 turned to an hour and a half. Hour and a half to two hours, 2.15, 2.20. I'm thinking to myself, I think I must have got spun off into some cyber loop somewhere. And I'm just listening to this lady constantly telling me, please hang on the line. Please hang on the line. Please hang on the line. A representative will be with you shortly. And I'm thinking, I don't believe that. I'm getting to the point where I really don't believe that. I'm going to give them until 2.30, two hours and 30 minutes. If they haven't gotten back to me in two hours and 30 minutes, I'm going to have to start this all over again because I don't think anybody's taken my call. Well, 2.30 came, and I chickened out. I said, okay, five more minutes. I didn't want to go through that again. So I have five more minutes. 2.35, two hours, 35 minutes, nothing. Two hours and 40, and I was despairing. I'm thinking, nobody is taking my call. This was supposed to be 30 to 60 minutes. And all of a sudden, hello, this is Sarah, agent number 100, blah, 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 blah. And it was a real person. And we were able to talk. But I was despairing, thinking, nobody is ever coming to me to talk to me. And we can maybe feel that way when it comes to the second coming of Jesus. We're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You know, world peace is a challenging, challenging thing for sure. But I want you to think of these words. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was born during the, he was living during the Civil War. And in 1863, the Civil War was going strong. His wife, unfortunately, had her dress catch on fire by a candle in the house. And by the, it just went up just so quickly that by the time they were able to get the flames under control, even had, uh, Wadsworth himself was laying on his wife trying to suffocate the flames. But by the time they got it out, the damage was done and his wife died. On the 1st of December of that year, he got a telegram saying that his son, his oldest son, who was fighting in the Civil War, had been wounded severely and very likely paralyzed if he lived. On Christmas Day, Wadsworth was sitting and reflecting on the things that had happened. And he wrote this, this poem that we often have heard sung, Christmas Bells. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And mild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But as the stanzas go on, there's one that goes this way. And in despair... I bow my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But then the bells peal loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong will fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's coming. It's coming. So this morning, Advent's about hope. It's about peace. The Prince of Peace. I ask you, do you have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ? Don't leave without it. Do you have the peace of God knowing is available? Don't let Satan take from you what God has given you. And his peace is yours, available all the time, no matter what.
and you despair about a world, no, Jesus is coming back. The wrong will fail. The right prevail with the Prince of Peace coming again. Father, you have given us so much in Jesus Christ, and one of the beautiful dimensions of that is peace. Peace with you where we're under no condemnation. Need not fear the judgment someday. The peace of God in us where our minds can be at peace no matter what's going on because of who you are and what you've promised us and awaiting that day when all will be made right. We know what's coming and we anticipate it with joy. Encourage us this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.